Um, yeah. Hello, Johnny. Um, this is why I gave money to the Goodwill Project because I I was fed up with like listening or watching or reading things about the government and doing things that I just can't condone. All that just really, really, really drives me to the point of feeling helpless. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do about it? Like I can't do anything because, as you say, there's no there's no one to hold them accountable almost because they make the laws themselves. So I just thought someone's got to do something. Like I'm not going to protest in the street am i let's be honest and i i do sometimes feel like i should i should go out and i should do something because nothing changes unless someone sacrificed themselves and that's really selfish of me i think to not want to sacrifice myself and what i mean by that is like go out protest get arrested potentially ruin your life criminal history all of that shit and they say ruin your life in air quotes but you know what i mean like there's a big sacrifice for people that really stand by their ethics and morals and and do stuff I thought the next best thing is I'll give some money to people that I think might be fighting our cause. And to be fair, the Goodwill Project are amazing. So I'm hoping that they can start to hold people accountable by through the courts of, court of laws. I'm not uh, overly optimistic. Bear in mind that um, our government seem quite good at either bypassing laws or making them up themselves to or changing the laws themselves to basically get out of being held accountable. But, you know. It's un- Believable. It is. Like, if anybody votes for this, they need to shoot themselves. Yeah. Um, the reason we're talking about the the uh, the, the UK government um, is, and probably specifically the uh, English Parliament, um, to be honest. But still, uh, is because <laughs> me and Johnny are joking about. Oh, we're we're, we're going to record an episode today about uh, Christmas and surviving Christmas, or actually not surviving Christmas anti-surviving Christmas so the opposite of surviving Christmas almost why you don't need to survive Christmas um, and we were joking about saying is it too early or is it too late is it the right timing to do so and uh, we're like oh well you know people will probably be having some Christmas parties by now or soon and then we thought maybe they won't unless you're Boris and then maybe they will mm. I think much to say about that really no it sounds like it Big silence. Not much podcast uh, entertainment when <laughs> there's silence, Johnny. Oh, apparently there's pictures today leaked. I don't know if you've seen pictures of the party. Apparently there's pictures of Boris Johnson hosting a quiz as like quizmaster. I think it's a time someone like that had pictures. I, I do think like they could be pictures of any time of anywhere, and there's nothing specific that looks like a quiz other than he's got some sort of binder or something in front of him. But that could be, he could just say that's anything. He could say that's a project I'm working on and I'm just talking about a project. You can't tell it's a quiz. That's a problem. Unless, it, unless it's time stamp of the date, you can never say, you know, that well, was from whenever. Yeah, even if it is time stamp, though, you could just say that was a business meeting. The pictures themselves, I think, is just, well, certainly the only picture I've seen, they aren't social distance enough to be able to say, oh, oh sorry, they're social distance enough to be able to probably say, like, oh, we're abiding by all the rules. So I don't actually think it's that damning. But you know, well, it happened, didn't it? So when he was telling us, "Don't do this, don't do that," he wasn't doing it. Yeah. So it makes you realise why people are not doing things anymore. Because like, well, fuck mm. you, you're not doing it. 
so I'm not doing it. There, there is apparently a now a count of up to eight parties that have happened in Downing Street somewhere in last, basically last year, while lockdown restrictions didn't allow them. Eight. That says it all. Problem is, the scientists do, you know, recommend to do whatever they do to the government. Their work is just getting destroyed by the government's behavior. People are going to go, you can lock them fuck right off. I won't do mm. anything you say from now on. Forget it. Then you'd have a month online, oh, yeah, it's your fault. We've got this Omicron virus that they actually know nothing about, but they decide and they want to start doing things with already. That's like, and they'll blame the, the public again for their misbehavior. Bring back Guy Fawkes, I say. Yeah. I, 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 I want to live in a civilized society. And I do like, I mean, you know, a form of government regulation of society is, in my view, needed. I don't really want to go back to the Wild Wild West, if I'm honest, where everyone's just shooting each other and pillaging and raping and all the nasty things that we don't really want to happen. Um, But you do think to yourself, I'm not really sure what this government does for me at this current moment. It needs a revamp, doesn't it? It needs a revamp. The way they behave, all the nonsense about Parliament, the way the way they fall asleep on light on TV in yeah. work. Like, is nobody saying anything? You go over and just clip around your door. Get up, or you sacked. Pick one. You you did pre-record. You did make a fair point in that a lot of actions done by Boris would have led to his dismissal if it was a private company. They 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 need a businessman in charge of the United Kingdom, or businessmen and women. Who've got all right? They'll have their own. They probably want to make money for themselves. I would imagine, yeah. However, I think it'd be a better option than because let's be fair. Ministers or whatever they're called serve no purpose anymore because they don't do anything. They all are for themselves. They don't serve the people they're supposed to be serving. Mm. So they need a total revamp. Or every single one should be sacked. Every one of them. Every one from every party. Is it all useless? They don't do anything. We live in a... It's almost backwards the way they behave. Backwards. Sitting in there, talking rubbish about each other. Sleeping when they're supposed to be working. Getting charged, getting paid 300 quid a day for attending whatever they're attending. Second home is paid for. Kit Kat's paid for. I mean, they're taking the piss. No wonder Guy Fawkes tried to blow the fuckers up a few hundred years ago to try and do it again. Mm. I think um, I, I, I read a book recommended by one of my clients, uh, Tom, um, and it's a book by a lady called Isabel Hardman, I think was her name, and uh, it's called Why We Get the Wrong Politicians. Really interesting book. Um, but essentially, I think, to cut long story short and spoil it, if anyone's going to read it, obviously, and you don't want to know the uh, premise, then... then no, mute or do something now. Mute wouldn't help because that stop yourself speaking at me and um, turn it off <laughs> or skip ahead. Um, anyway, uh, the idea is very much a case of to make it into parliament and obviously get to a position of kind of power of any sorts to make any effect on kind of your constituency or whatever to basically get elected. You have to be already connected, already have money. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they're the two main things. I guess you already you already need to either have connections, so you can get publicity, you can get support, all that sort of stuff, or you have to have enough money to be able to then kind of invest and do all the marketing, all the stuff you have to do. Because obviously, to get elected, you have to be able to go around and and 
canvas and obviously do well in the polls and all that stuff. And I'm obviously not claiming to know loads about this because I don't. But it's kind of like that's why we get essentially middle-aged white males that are cronied up to the eyeballs because the only way people get elected is by being in that position. Because if you're not in that position, like you can't, you're not going to get elected if you have a full-time job because you don't have time to get about your constituency, get to know people, get to know obviously the people you serve, work hard on the policy sort of stuff because it's just too difficult to do. You need you need money, time, and you need the, the connections. And obviously the only people that have them are people that are already in with all the, the rest of the people that want to then abuse you when you get into power. So that's why you see so much cronyism happening in government and in parliament because basically people have been using people to get into parliament to then abuse them when they're actually finally in to, you know, get contracts, get money. Because that's the sole purpose, let's be honest, of our government at the moment is to siphon or funnel public money out of obviously public purse into their own private businesses or connections or mates. That's basically the sole purpose. The PPE scan, the PPE scandals. Um, well, yeah, I suppose the PP contracts, that scandal is one real prime example of it. And when you look at things like what the tragedy that happened with Grenfell and obviously the shortcuts that were made in, in building that, that tower and obviously miraculously all the evidence has disappeared after the investigation. It's kind of like that's because it's just so much cronies and they're just covering up their mates' asses, so no one obviously gets in trouble. And it is just like a, the biggest tragedy, a travesty, those types of examples of stuff. Anyway, this is a nutrition podcast, and I guess we're talking about politics, but still, it's infuriating. All, all because we can't have a Christmas party, Johnny. Why can't the, Why can't the Queen say, "Listen, here, you stupid fuck, sort it out, or I'm going to get you wiped off the earth." I would like that. No, well, I don't know. I, yeah, I probably would like that. I, I don't know. If, I don't think it's too far for me to say Boris Johnson probably deserves it. Hundred percent, he does. Hundred percent, yeah. he does. Now I'm rethinking myself, but there's people. There's people. I wouldn't do this. I'd refuse. There's people who've who've had people die in hospital they couldn't see. I mean, you know, you fucking mind if you don't see wasn't they die in hospital regardless of the situation? But he said, "Oh no, you can't do that." Now then, obviously, there's a few people who take it to the end three and they will enforce it as much as they can. And then he's going around fanning around in Christmas parties, taking a taking a piss basically. So I think the Queen should take some responsibility. Look, listen now, you fuckers, sort it out. Or MI5, like a James Bond, they're coming around your house. Yeah, I'd say having murked might be... I don't know if a Phillips extreme or not. I guess, like, he's not a particularly nice individual from what you... He's a, he's a, he's a, well, yeah. Murked. Um, he, he's, I guess he's, a, he's got some pretty disgusting views on women, on ethnic minorities. Um, he's a compulsive liar clearly in it for himself and just his mates to get rich I guess I mean is that enough to be murked for I don't know anyway we're going we're, we're massively off topic this obviously all came about like we said because about people having Christmas parties and it wasn't specifically a dig at the government it was more about people actually having Christmas parties which ironically you are still allowed to do you're not allowed to go to work in an office well you, you're discouraged to go to work in an office but you can have a Christmas party how weird's that I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. No. Um, how are you anyway, Johnny? Moving on to something more positive. <clears throat> I've been too... Uh, I'm quite tired today, actually, Brett. One of those days, just like... There. Can't be asked. One mm-hmm. of those days. Mm-hmm. I went to, we went to uh, like a Christmas... What do you call it? On a farm. It was like a little... Like a little tent with a little... Um, little show on. Pick your own 
uh, all in one for the tree, park, food, marshmallows, toasted marshmallows. Just went there. And then I've just been looking at um, crow pies. Crow pies. <laughs> not cream pies. Crow pies. Crow pies. Yeah, not cream pies. No, I don't know what a cream pie is other than obviously a baked good that you might get from a bakery. But um, a crow pie, what, a pie with crows in it? Or? A bit of a raspberry pie. Um, is that sort of a bit like a cherry pie, but with raspberries? No, it's not food. It's not edible. Well, that's the... it's it's like a, a like um like a mini computer that uh, you can use to teach you electronics and computer science and programming and things like that. Right, so you can build things from this Raspberry Pi. Like <clears throat> you can make sensors for the weather. You can you can, you can program in Python for it to say certain things and do certain things. Python, Java, C, Scratch. So I've been looking at them. This comes in, it even comes like a little, it comes in a little briefcase you pull out and gives you like, I don't know, 500 tutorials of how to make, of how to make things. You're, you're, you're literally just saying words right now. Yeah. So have you, have you ever the IoT, the Internet of Things? Institution of Technology? No, Internet of Things. Internet of Things. It's like smart homes, isn't it? So you can build out from your Raspberry things for your smart home. So you can make, you can Is sort it- of router you can you can make sense that turn the lights on views yeah it's really it's like really cool you can make loads of stuff in it you're going to start talking about bloody meta universes and stuff now aren't you about virtual reality and no but i imagine you could use that sort of stuff to uh do something with that i would imagine yeah cool enough what make a like, few nfts and yeah you know, celebrate like, crypto yeah we could probably could you could buy like um like a pre like a, a robot, basically. You buy a robot. So you build a robot up with it, a little one. You build it up 50 quid, 60 quid. And you program the robot from the Raspberry Pi to do, to do what you want. So you can program it so it can walk. I know it's just pointless, isn't it? But it can walk to a wall and it'll stop because it detects them in the way. Just so can, just stop. I don't know what you're saying. You're just saying things. Like, why? <laughs> none of this makes any sense. It's cool, though. You could, you could, you know, you could, learn, you could learn a program language from it. Well, Isn't it cool to be able to program something and something work as you program it? Well, yeah. What? I mean, yeah. that that feels like knowing how to program feels like it probably has some some very good uses, for, especially kind of in the, the the you know in a in a job sector of sorts. Mm. But you're talking about Raspberry Pis and Pythons. I mean, it is different, isn't it? The fuck! <laughs> Brilliant. How do we get to that from you going to a Christmas fair party farm yeah. thing? I don't know. I'm just telling you what, I, what I've done today. Huh, okay. That's what I've been uh, looking Hell, at. Uh, I'll be honest. I thought my Sunday of starting a new puzzle, a thousand-piece puzzle, have you know, um, was going to be pretty boring. But I've just heard yours. Now I don't feel so bad. Do you find this? Uh, do you find this Raspberry Pi situation boring? I just don't understand it. I don't find it boring. I'm just you like could, I don't know what you're talking about. You could basically use the Raspberry Pi, basically, and you could. It's like a smart mirror. You have in obviously bathrooms that with Bluetooth and all that. You could make a smart mirror. Obviously, yeah, you'd have to build the mirror itself. I was going to say, I can't just turn my mirror surely into a no, mirror that sings but, and dances and stuff. But the tech you could use with a Raspberry Pi, and you can add on sensors to that and build it into the mirror. Well, um, I spent 10 quid on a Wi-Fi plug um, 
the day before yesterday because I couldn't be asked to keep going outside to turn my outside lights off. Could use my Raspberry Pi to have done some of that then, surely. You probably could have, yeah. Yeah. Actually, on that note, this is why I was having a chat with uh, my my one of my clients, Kerry, yesterday. And um, I was joking about how, well, I wasn't even joking. I was talking about how uh, I had a conversation with my mother while I was buying this Wi-Fi thing saying, I feel like a lazy piece of shit that I'm buying a plug that is effectively stopping me have to walk seven, well, 10 foot outside to my garage to turn a plug off every night to turn the lights off because I literally can't be bothered to do that. When you have them on a PAR sensor? Um because they don't have a PR sensor attached to them. There are just outside lights. That's all they what? are. They're just icicle light thingies that hang down across my garage and the front of my house that are just like lights. Oh, it's in the garage. It's Christmas lights. Yeah, Christmas lights. Sorry, yeah. No, the, 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 I've got a, I have got a security light outside which has got a PR sensor on it and obviously there are normal lights in the garage. But yes, the plug for the Christmas lights are coming from the garage. So every night I'd have to go out and just turn it off before I get to bed because obviously it's not going to sleep on all the time. And, that was, and, and this is the problem with society, isn't it? That we're all too fucking lazy to even turn that lights out. That we just invest in a plug that stops and do it from my phone or set it on a timer, which is what I've done. Just set it on a timer. So, um, and the reason I had a conversation with a client about it is because it is effectively the reason why we're obese and overweight. You know, this type of th- situation where, like, super, um, super hijacked reward systems from all the hyper palatable, ultra processed foods that we are now exposed to. Um, and have a total availability, and literally everything in life now is made as convenient as possible, so we don't have to move, including going outside to turn the lights off. How fucking ridiculous! And ordering food. And ordering food, yeah. I mean, you know, that's another example. That's probably a better example than not going outside to the lights. But still, it, kind of my point was very much like I actually feel like a lazy piece of shit that I would. In fact, I almost didn't buy it out of principle, but I am that lazy that I did buy it anyway. I was thinking to myself, I really shouldn't buy this out of principle and stop being so fucking lazy and just go out and turn the lights off every night. Just don't be lazy. And I was literally having that internal dialogue in my head while I was picking it up. And I still bought it. I mean, what the fuck? Do you have to physically go outside into your garage or your garage connected to the door now? Uh, it is... Um, what? Well, no, I have to go outside in, on in, on a, a side, side, what they call a privacy door, into the garage, or obviously the front doors into the garage. It's actually a cart shed rather than a garage, but you wouldn't know the difference. It's got doors on the front, so... Um, so yes, I do have to go outside. I think actually that's the problem. It's not the walking that I'm bothered about. It's going outside in the cold. Can you not extend a little bit from your house to garage so you don't have to go actually outside? Don't need to, do I? Because I just bought a fucking Wi-Fi plug. Cool. It's quite cool though, to be fair. Uh, that, the fact that you can just uh, click on your phone, boop, off it goes. Yeah. Or I can set timers up, or you can set. There's there's loads of different settings you can do. Which I know there's only so much you can do with turning fucking lights on and off. Don't get me wrong, but there was like. I can't remember what they, the words they use now, but there's like a circuit you can run. You can obviously do timers. You can do um, other things. <laughs> you can do something with your Raspberry Pis. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Raspberry Pi. Oh, Johnny. Um, on another note, if you ever go to Marks and Spencers, don't buy the dark chocolate habanero tortillas. From Marks and Spencers? From Marks and Spencers, yeah. Don't buy them. That was just said. There's only two people who shop at Marks and Spencers. A, rich people. B, old people. Which one am I? Which one are you? Yeah, well, well, you're not well relatively. No, you're not old. I'm talking 60 plus. Well, I'm definitely not rich either, so I break your I break your rules. Um, all I'm saying is they are dangerous. Very delightful, though. 
are they very nice yeah they are they're not i mean obviously habanero peppers are obviously quite high up the old scoville uh scale i think i think they're reasonably hot chilies aren't they i think yes? so yeah um, you wouldn't know it though from eating them. They're just a gentle warmth. I don't think they're... And obviously, I'm, I I don't mind hot food, but I wouldn't say, like, I can take... I'm, I'm not like one of these madmen that just has, like, really hot curries or whatever. But I do like a bit of spice. But um, I would say they're kind of a gentle warming. But with the dark chocolate and then the crunchy tortilla, like, their tortilla is just basically thick on one side of, like, dark, plain, you know, like, plain dark type chocolate. I'd say with a gentle warmth, delicious, delightful. Unfortunately, like, a whole bag is, like, like they're... they're think they're not much bigger than like a grab bag style like doritos pack and i don't know how many grams are on that but i think the whole bag was something like eight nine hundred calories maybe a bit more but i could easily eat that in one sitting like you would do a bag of doritos dangerous is yeah that's why i said don't buy them i don't have a voucher for uh marcus spencer's actually so i will i, I will go and spend 40 pound there well there you go maybe buy 40 bags of those then I'll have much though maybe you I don't know if you'll get 40 because I think they're more than quid but um, I'll tell you what make sure you get some ice and spice buns ice and spiced buns yeah they're a bit like tea cakes but not tea cakes they're a bit like a fruit they're, they're a fruity spicy bun with icing on the top they are the daddies they are so good and I, I probably eat, and I'm not joking in the last five weeks four or five weeks at least 40 probably actually no, not that. No, maybe not quite many. Probably two packs a week average. So maybe, yeah, what's that? Maybe ten. That's good going, is Yeah. That's very good going. Yeah, but they are delightful. Marcus Spencer, Doodoo. 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 They do. They are. I think there there aren't many things in Marcus Spencer's that you don't have and think. And now I know why people spend so much money there. Like you do think you think, ah, oh, it's overpriced, fucking lardy dardy stuff for like you say, rich people or old people. But actually, when you buy stuff, you do realise that the quality is so much better than most supermarkets. So, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna do your if you do your main shop at Marcus Spencer, you know you've made it. <laughs> you know you've made it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not there. Not me. But they do, they do do. We said do do as well. They do the best turkey feast sandwiches this time of year. Cranberry sauce in them. Uh, of course, uh, the turkey bacon, some sort of pork stuffing, like it's like pork sausage meat in a stuffing, like paste almost, which is just really, really good. Um, cranberry sauce. I don't think any greens, which is unusual because I think most, like a prep version, would have like spinach in it or something like that. But these ones don't have any vegetables. Usual. Yeah, and obviously not particularly health conscious but they're actually quite good on the macro front in terms of sandwiches I think they're about they're over 30 grams of protein which is pretty good for a sandwich um, and less than 500 calories which again it's pretty good for a sandwich it's pretty it's pretty good for a supermarket sandwich mm. so uh, they, my, my lunch has been quite regularly when I've been in, in town um, a set festive feast turkey feast sandwich and uh, some form of hot liquid vegetable like a, a soup a soup soup yeah like a soup when I said hot liquid vegetable I was trying to be funny ha ha it wasn't very good sorry um, so yeah there we go um, there's my tips of the day turkey festive sandwiches habanero dark chocolate crisps um, right. there's probably loads of other stuff in there oh, nice and ice, and ice and spice buns you could go all out if you want to spend loads of cash and get some of the yum nuts the yum nuts are the tits they're like yep. obviously, yeah, like they're obviously like yum yums shaped like a donut. What's a yum yum? You don't know what a yum yum is. What the hell is a yum yum? Fuck off, Johnny. American. 
Uh, he's not American. In fact, I think if you went to America, I'm sure they'd go, what the fuck is a yum yum too? I don't know what a yum yum is. They're, they're like a layered donut. So the way that, the way they make them is they the donut batter they like layer so it's a bit like a croissant like a or flake or a puff pastry like layers and obviously but it's like a soft like a donut it is the they are the tits I've never you them well you do you do know now so get yourself into I mean supermarket ones are alright but you really want to get yourself a proper one like a like an M and S one or a proper a proper donuttery I don't know if that's a word yum yum donuts I must call them yeah well they are like a donut but like I said they're they're layered. So they're like folded. As I said, the batter's folded and layered. So obviously they they come out like a flaky, well not flaky, but like a layered. I don't. I can't even describe it, Johnny. They're just so much better than a donut. Way not, better. If it's the right thing I'm looking at. Though. Yeah, they're so much better than a donut. And some of the M and S yum nuts are just they're sort of thing you might look at and think they look a bit plain. They don't look all that. When you have one, you're like they're just amazingly good for how plain they look. They're just so good. Yum yums, yum yums. But you want a yum nut? Because it's a yum yum shaped like a donut. Yeah, they are quite expensive. Although, lucky enough for me, I went in at Halloween and they had uh, half price pumpkin spice ones. So there's three packs for two pounds instead of four pound. I thought that's good. I'll get a pack of them. When I got to the self self serve till, they were down by another pound. Didn't oh. say anything on the ticket, and I was like, if I'd have known that, I'd have bought loads of them. But I weren't going to go back and get any more. There's one year from in Tesco's. Tesco's yum yum four packs, and someone's left a one star review. <gasps> Should we see what they've said? Yes, I would love to know. It's probably just oh, they're all one star reviews, literally all of them. What? Um, <clears throat> maybe it's because it's Tesco's. Anybody who's ever had a yum yum knows that it's supposed to taste like slightly chewy but soft in the middle, a light crispy and sticky nose, so with a light dried saturation of sugar syrup. <laughs> right. These monstrosities are absolutely terrible. They're soft and stodgy with weird, damp texture on the outside. I can only assume that they've made poorly and then left to sweat away in a large cupboard somewhere. I know donuts can be a little bit like this sometimes, but yum-yums are usually a bit more resilient and start and stay fresh a lot longer. Definitely one to avoid. Family said they had a horrible aftertaste and they, after, they ate, after they ate them all. Threw one in the bin. Out of, out of interest, who... um. Who actually leaves reviews on on like a Tesco's website? Sad people. Sad, honest to God, sad people. <laughs> honest, we, obviously, in the, in the factory, we make toilet paper. And people review the toilet paper, and some of the stuff is saying like, "Are you for real? Are you for real?" I just don't. I just. I can't remember what they said. Something to do with a something to do with a kitchen towel. So the kitchen towel, the pattern kitchen towel, it's obviously as a pattern, it looks. Obviously, the pattern's one way on one. If you put up, if you put on your like holder, the pattern's one way up. So this guy complained the pattern was the wrong way up. I said, "Turn around, you fucking idiot!" We were complaining about it. I'm like, I don't get it. It must be it's sad, isn't it? If you leave a review on Tesco's on food, you're fucking sad. I once yep. had a I once had a caterpillar in my spring greens or some sort of green vegetable that I was eating. Which um, cat? No, I did, well. I nearly ate it. I, uh, I steamed it to death, unfortunately. Oh, you! I, went, oh, I didn't do it on purpose. I put it in the. St- I mean, it's that's why I nearly ate it because it all went in the steamer, and then I served up said vegetable and noticed it as I was serving it. I thought, oh, that could have been dangerous. Could have eaten that thing. But I did think, you know, poorly of the poor. Th- well, I poor, for, for, the poor caterpillars probably had a bit of a suffering there, getting steamed to death. But you, you made me sick. Yeah, I felt a bit 
well, I would have been sick of it eating the thing, to be honest. Although, extra protein. One of my grams of protein in him. One caterpillar, probably not a lot. Half a gram? If that, I would imagine. I don't know how high in protein caterpillars actually are. I mean, crickets, yeah. Mealworms, yeah. Caterpillars, not so sure. Probably something you could also Google, but here's a, here's a thing. Um, North Korea, the number one source of protein for the uh, current residents of North Korea, as in North Koreans, uh, is crickets, or are crickets. Well, you know they fucked in, That's the main source of protein. Well, you know why, though? Because they're an oppressed nation, Johnny. In fact, they're not... La- yeah, they're basically... They, they're left with no food... No ways of getting any food. It's like illegal to kill a cow and eat it. You can't even own a cow. Like you can't own anything in North Korea. It's obviously all owned by the state. Um, and uh, obviously, people to survive have to go off in the hills or mountains and catch crickets, aren't they? Wherever crickets live, they might live in mountains. I don't know. Who knows where they where they uh, live? Plus, um, when if you, if you if you learn a little bit about North Korea at the moment, it does make you wonder how this type of situation arise or, or still exists in you know the 21st century in like ha, and obviously the problem is you think well there's going to be more established and kind of more democratic companies that uh, countries to step in and do something about it unfortunately they have nuclear weapons and it's a bit difficult to do that when they have nuclear weapons because obviously if you do anything to piss them off and they decide to end the world they could do that so a bit rough really it is a bit rough. Hmm. Like I think the the average height of a North Korean is like five foot or something because obviously they're so all malnutrition. They're so malnutritioned that they're just so under like everyone's undeveloped, underdeveloped. Other than King John Un, obviously, because he's pretty developed. But, he's a pretty large man. Yeah, well, less large than he was. Though, have you seen it? Lost a lot of weight since Great. he had since he had that heart problem, a heart attack. He lost a fair amount of uh, timber. Wonder whether he got a nutritionist. Probably out before you feed him shit. Mm, well, um, anyway, we uh, there was a reason I brought up the habit. Well, other than the fact that they are they are like fucking gold. Um, but I guess one thing we we're going to talk about today is uh, I guess surviving Christmas. One thing Amy Ramshed, who was supposed to be here and she isn't, silly fucker. No, to be fair, she did say she couldn't make it again last minute tonight. So um, and for the listeners that are interested, might not even see her now between. Now and the rest of Christ- all Christmas times, so it might not be till the New Year. But we were going to talk about, I guess, the um, idea that Christmas, and this is, I think, this is going to link in with the idea of surviving or not surviving Christmas. Because actually, we could probably tackle the not surviving Christmas bit quite easy and say, "Stop worrying about surviving Christmas. It's not fucking war zone." You're right. It's not not that all a war zone. Is that episode done then? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. But just- accept whatever you do accept it and don't complain we are getting 15 pound in fucking January mm. here's something that actually is very useful I think and something that a conversation that I've been teeing up with all of my clients now in the last few weeks is talking about absolutely not dieting through December for the reason of obviously setting themselves up for mass failure I think that is a good shout I, I just for, for me like the, the period of Christmas is a difficult one for people to manage. And I think it has far more negative effects on people's, um, like when they're trying to die through it anyway, their negative effects on their mindset, their food relationships and their behaviours that 
I just don't think it's worth people dieting for, for like towards Christmas. I think it's a bit like what we talked about before on holidays and setting yourself up for um, kind of large amounts of diet fatigue and a poor relationship just as you go into the, the worst time possible, like you're all you can eat buffets. I think Christmas is a similar scenario and especially like a lot of people will go through Christmas and then the first thing they'll do in January is go, right, I've got a diet now. And I don't, and I think this is this exacerbates problems with people's relationships with food. I think actually if you kind of took a more moderate approach of, yes, you're going to expect that, you want people to maintain healthful, mindful, um, present behaviours throughout the, the month, of course, like you should do all year round, not just in December. But I don't think people should be trying to overly restrict with the aim of too much intentional weight loss. I, obviously, I am speaking very generically here. There are going to be situations where it applies to people. There are going to be situations where they're totally fine with doing it. But I think for the most part, your typical weight loss client, um, I, I think... The dieting up to Christmas generally has more negative effects than any positive ones. We all know it. You get to fucking Christmas Day and then it's like all out fucking, eh, no, it is a war zone. Some fucking stuff and everything in my mouth. Yeah. I think the same, just focus on mindfully eating. When people do go out and have Christmas parties and have stuff in the house, then that would serve me in good stead rather than actually just trying to deliberately diet before. The event like if you're gonna for a party and there's whatever christmas food about just be mindful of why you eat rather than just mindlessly stuffing your face and feeling like shit after then be mindful of what you eat and you know ask yourself am i really hungry do i need it and if you say yeah i am hungry and i do want it then fair enough but if you answer no and you do it anyway then you're just going to set it up for psychological failure I think um, it's almost futile like one of the points Amy did make other than not being on the, the podcast to make it but she did talk about how like Christmas is almost a bit of an experience in itself and I think what she meant by that is how I think she she gave an example of like a cherry cherry chocolate orange that there's so much more to it than just the taste it's like the whole, a whole experience and she said she seems to think well she doesn't even think but obviously I think it does what she says is true that companies tap into it with marketing with um kind of playing on nostalgia um and i think she said like associated parts of how like people view it because it's kind of like pitched to indulge us does that make sense so it's kind of like the 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 the, the, the foods are basically implanted in our minds as, and this all links in i guess with a lot of the ideas of i mean if anyone's read the hungry brain by stephen guinea he'll talk around the, the reward systems um and how we have kind of the release of dopamine when we have certain foods and they're like some people think dopamine's like a pleasure hormone. And that's kind of like, you know, you do something pleasurable, you get hit with dopamine. It's like, oh, we like that pleasure, so let's go get more. And actually, he refers to it more as a learning hormone, which I think makes a bit, has a better lens on it and has more has a better context in that we do something, our body learns it, and we do it again. And obviously, learns it for the right reasons in terms of survival or whatever. But obviously, that can malfunction and, and short circuit to, to an extent of the things that we see over Christmas where especially the nostalgia things I think a big point because obviously like you know easy example for me is mince pies I fucking love mince pies but a lot of it is to do with the fact that it reminds me of Christmas so I'll overeat on mince pies on the basis of I'm feeling festive I let myself get carried away and I let the nostalgia and the season dictate some of the you know food choices the amount I eat all that sort of stuff and obviously that's not a particularly mindful approach now I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I'm you know well i'm definitely not saying i'm perfect i'm saying the opposite um and i do let it over over um 
what's the word i do let it basically take me out of being kind of mindful sometimes and i do kind of get carried away with the nostalgia if that makes sense so does that make sense does what she said make sense yeah i think it does uh does make sense you see all the adverts and not because something to do, to do with food they are manipulating what people have done for years yeah. and decades don't they yeah mm-hmm. I, I mean I, I suppose i even think about christmas adverts and they play on and this 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 actually won't be solely um aligned to just christmas you could probably take this example and use it for lots of different seasons and all the times of year because it is just general food marketing but they'll play on the idea of like a happy christmas family around a table and all the lovely happiness nice giving of gifts and all these things but obviously the gift will be like a frere rocher say or whatever you know they exert whatever food but i guess there's a the marketing's so clever and that they play on like a whole experience not just the food itself mm. they do and that's why they that's why they're so good at marketing and because again you're dead without you really even knowing it mm. the thing is what do you do about it it's a really good question because it's kind of like well actually what what do you do about it because it's it's actually a difficult thing even being aware doesn't really change that much I don't, how much does it, how much does even being aware that, oh my God, actually, yeah, they are tapping into these things and they are just trying to get me to buy food stuff. How, how much does that actually stop people? How much does it protect people? Probably doesn't. I think it's, 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 um, you've got to work at how much you care about it, you? as in, if, because people go, you know, December 1st, it's Christmas, but it's not, is it? But, and people would spend the whole month saying it's Christmas and eating like shit, and then complain in January that they fact they've gained loads of weight. I'm like, well, don't complain. You, you're fully aware of what you're doing. Own own it. And if you want to carry on doing it, you'll carry on doing it. But don't complain in January when you're a stone area. Just go, right, I'll accept that I'm a stone area. I can accept that what I'm doing is not normal. I can accept that I'm going to gain weight because I'm eating like an idiot. For a full month, then it's a, then you can go right. And if people take that approach when they start, go actually, I do want to enjoy Christmas, but I don't want to gain a stone over that period. Then you don't have to. Then you can start talking about and think about mindful eating and going out to parties, and you can still enjoy yourself, but just be mindful of what you eat, and you can control your food environment and house a bit more for a bit longer. So I think it's all up to the individual of how much you care about your goals and what goals you've got. Perfect, you know, it's a different game being a professional athlete who's a premiership footballer when we play in Boxing Day. Then you can't, you probably can't go eating like an absolute maniac on Christmas Day because you still feel like shit on Boxing Day. And then you play like shit. I mean, so there's a far cry from that and then just your average person who's off for a fortnight over Christmas. Mm. It's, it's, up, it's up to the person to be you know, a grown-up I don't think to yourself, oh my God, I can't, why have I gained a stone over Christmas? Well, it's reading like everyone can toss pot for a month. Mm. Uh, the thing is, obviously the, the principle, I guess, of being mindful is that an ideal situation is that you don't put on a, gate, a, a stone because actually the, the essence of being mindful and present in the moment, making kind of, because you're not restricting necessarily food choices, but I guess that 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 non-restriction should actually mean that you can restrain better than you'd be able to if you were trying to do it in a less mindful manner yeah um i mean the literature itself very much in kind of all the mindful eating type literature is associated with better management of weight and kind of more healthful outcomes 
So that obviously is a positive thing. And I guess that's what you play on over Christmas in terms of why we speak to clients and, and try to get them to, or certainly why I say to people, look, I think mindfulness and, well, yeah, let's just say mindfulness. The m- mindfulness is, is the perfect solution for this type of this time of the year and it is i mean it's a it's a great obviously tool or solution or um what's the word a thing to work on i guess just for the rest of the year as well but i think like i don't i don't i don't think tracking being overly restrictive and restrained is particularly fruitful endeavor for a lot of people in this month and i think actually just being more mindful giving yourself a bit of a break and allowing some more flexibility around food choices and because they align with the, the demand that you're going to then get from the amount of social occasions you've got, especially if you're a social butterfly, especially if you're someone that goes out a lot, lots of Christmas parties, know lots of people, um, trying to be good in those times, even trying to be good, you kind of in between all the meals out and stuff like, oh, I'm just going to restrict when I can and just enjoy myself when I can't. That again, I think can have kind of negative outcomes for a lot of people, or like net negative outcomes for a lot of people because. It just doesn't promote very good relationships when you're trying to over restrain at one point to make up for the fact that you're going out and getting pissed and drinking and eating and stuff several times over the month because you've got so many Christmas parties or things to go to. So, yeah, I just think that the kind of the, the being mindful about it is is a better solution. I think it's just a difficult one to manage when it's something that you haven't done before like if you haven't if you it's not something you, it takes a long while to work on true mindfulness i don't think it's something that you can just start working on you know a coach can't just start telling their client to do a few things and all of a sudden oh yeah i'm mindful it's something that just takes such an effort and such an investment in time and commitment to do but i think the the outcome is brilliant if you can get there personally yeah 100 yeah. another thing people do all christmas is they stop training as well uh yeah well yeah i guess a lot of people do stop going to the gym stop stop exercising full stop just because oh you know christmas party just like oh oh, i'll do not i'll pick up in january yeah and there's just people should carry on as normal yeah um i think just going back to amy's point around kind of christmas being a whole experience and companies tapping in um i think the only thing you can probably do is, is I'm just trying to think of some anything practical to help people I think obviously being aware I don't think it helps I don't think it instantly helps but I think it's obviously a start you've obviously got to be aware to start at all and um, I kind of th- I kind of feel like the mindful stuff we talked about is the only thing that can probably really I don't know actually I don't know I'm kind of waffling a little bit because I'm not really sure where, where I'm going with what the solution is I don't actually know what the solution is it's just too fucking damn strong the food marketing stuff just too I mean I guess that's I, I'm a big believer of kind of part of or a large chunk of the obesity epidemic is around food environment, food marketing, food availability, that type of stuff. The types of foods you're exposed to overriding the reward systems and just driving us over. I think that's a big chunk of what we do and what our problem is as a, as a nation. If that makes sense. Would you agree? Or do you not well, think it's that, that big a problem a bit? Very much you watch TV as well, isn't it? Um, if you, um, I'm often you on Facebook is either your major places you're going to get these. Uh, well, it's not, it's ad- not, it's not, it's not just adverts. As in, it's just, it's just generally like the, the stuff that is available to you. So, like when you go into supermarkets, it's the stuff that's put in front of you. It's like you said about ordering food. It's the food that is just so convenient you can order from your phone rather than kind of having to cook from scratch. Stuff like that. And I think that has just such a big chunk as to driving people's behaviors and habits uh, over the long time which obviously does lead to people being overweight and over obese 
Um, I, I just think we're silly to think that isn't such a big because a lot of people just go down the personal responsibility route and just believe it's everyone's choices and that people are just making their own choices for whatever reason. But I just don't think it's that. I just don't think it's that simple. I think we'd be naive to, to not understand that all of this stuff has such a massive sway. In the same way as like people don't believe that like, social media has an influence on people's views. Like, there's plenty of people go like, oh, Facebook can't can't. Um, manipulate me into thinking certain stuff that can't sway my views on things well actually that's, we, there's enough evidence that they show that absolutely it does it has a massive play and it's hugely powerful on what people's views and opinions are and stuff so it's the same thing in that the, the environment and the availability of food and all the stuff that you see and, and hear and exposed to they do you, it's, it can't not have a massive sway in my opinion it does, it does have a massive impact Especially subconsciously, as well. That's well, almost but, all subconsciously, I think. You've also got to learn yourself and your, what is best for you, what your goals are, what you want to achieve, and how you're going to go about doing that. Because obviously, we are no better or worse than any other people. We probably got subconscious things in our head that we've been marketed to across decades, but you. But we have learned enough to navigate around these scenarios. Hmm. So people, when they have to learn, there's plenty of people who want to learn about fucking conspiracy theories, but they don't want to know about their own nutrition. You know what I mean? So yeah, people don't take. It's right. People are dumb to take responsibility for their nutrition at all. A lot of people do not do anything about it. So it's just learn, start learning. You don't have to be an expert in nutrition, do you? But because the healthier you are, the better you feel, and then. Because you can't, everybody can learn or could retrain the brain, you know, with long enough. I, mean, I, I never, ever, 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 ever go to the chocolate aisle. Never, ever, ever. When I'm shopping on my own. Never. And when I say never, I mean never. But I was fat as a kid, so I always went there a lot when I was a kid, and I said, but now it's not even a thing anymore. Mm. I yeah, but- chocolate. Yeah, but that's that's a bit. Uh, it's not strange, but I'm I'm like the opposite. I spend all my time down the like the weird aisles of weird stuff that I can try and eat. I just don't think about it. No. I I've, I mean, from my perspective, I've just got a level of what I would consider discipline. I guess can't I can't think of another word for it other than I've just got a level of discipline where, and I, I, that doesn't mean perfection, as I said earlier, but. I've got a level where I, I'm disciplined enough to say no to things a lot of the time. But I guess like for me, that's that's a level of what I would consider moderation in that I do I do eat a lot of like junk food or, you know, kind of foods that are very, you know, air quotes flexible. But I also eat a lot of health foods, a lot of healthy foods. Most of my diet is made up of foods that are going to satiate me in kind of a bit more on the functional side. So, but I, I like I'm the sort of person that very much case of, like this lamachan is an easy example. Um, everyone, everyone, my wife, my two children bought donuts from, we were in Lidl, bought donuts, and they bought donuts for some friends that were coming over with their kids. So they bought, like, I don't know, fucking 10 donuts or something. And Jenna said, do I want one? I was like, nah, I don't really want one because one, well, one, I, I, you know, my appetite isn't amazing at the moment. Bear in mind, I'm on the top end of a, you know, not far off peak mass. So I've been obviously overeating for a good amount of time. Also, like my diet for the past how many years now has been a very inclusive type of diet so therefore i don't suffer as much from a kind of 
a restriction perspective where foods all of a sudden get put up on a pedestal and you kind of get that forbidden fruit effect where you must have things because you tell yourself you can't have them though i don't really suffer from that because obviously i can eat these i can eat donuts all year round even when i'm dieting um so yeah i guess it is a bit easier but still like i won't have a donut because i know that there's something else in the day that perhaps i might be doing so i do pick and choose kind of what i would eat and what i wouldn't have and obviously i would see that as a level of discipline so whereas but I, i'm not like i won't go in the chocolate aisle because i, I almost feel that's like a bit almost too restrictive for me I think that is what the sort of behaviours that when would drive me to then want chocolate. Mm. If I just went and mm. I didn't even think about it. It's not like I actively avoid it. I just don't think about going there. Yeah. Because just because the because you've got the chocolate on your left and the beer on your booze on your right. Is it maybe yeah petrol gel before that? Yeah. Well, I think I just don't go that way. Yeah, I think it depends on obviously what you are, but I guess most of them must have some sort of layout in mine all of them i think are the alcohol and the the, you know, the the crisps and chocolate stuff is the furthest away in the supermarket at one end so you could easily avoid them if you just go in your normal shop if you just avoided those aisles there's probably nothing you're not going to get because it's all like treat stuff so it's like crisps yeah. or chocolate or beer alcohol yeah just i don't i don't i don't think oh, i'll avoid the chocolate aisle because of i'll buy it and i'll end up eating i just don't i just don't even think of it i forget it's even there <clears throat> Because I've got, as you do gravitate towards similar foods most of the time, don't you? But I just go to the aisles I need to go in, and I just don't go anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely in terms of like similar foods. Like my my weekly shop is almost identical most weeks, as in like the same things from most of the same miles. The only time where it does change is probably those more flexible things. So it will change if there's something new out that I want to try or something a bit more exciting. I might buy from like the chocolate aisle. But the rest of my shop's almost the same. And I think, actually, that's probably why I can get away with being a bit more flexible with some stuff because the bulk of my diet fits into what we spoke about before. Like, I have a default diet. You know, it's kind of like... And obviously, that covers all my bases, so it allows me to have a be a bit more flexible without really getting into too much trouble. And that's uh, what it's all about. Yeah. You've learned to be every hour of the time, haven't you? Yeah, it's definitely a, a behavioural, habitual-type thing that i've learned over a number of years that kind of you just find your groove don't you in terms of what suits you from a perspective of adherence and just general um well yeah just general consistent behaviors so and i guess obviously that's what clients aim to get to at some point is that or we aim to get with clients i should say is that we want to get them to a point where they find a kind of a groove where they're very happy and i spoke to a client dave uh, a few weeks ago about meeting up of a crossroads where like a lot of clients, I think, they start for a goal, they're prepared to make a lot of sacrifices to get to that goal, but it gets to a point where the sacrifices almost become, in their mind, less important, or the sacrifice become too hard, and their goal becomes less important to them. So they kind of get this crossroads where they, they overlap, where all of a sudden, where the the as the um, importance of their goal goes down, the sacrifice go up, they kind of overlap and cross over, where they're like, suddenly actually, quite happy where I am, and I don't want to, maybe I don't want to continue losing weight anymore. But I think a lot of us get to that point where we're more content with where we are because the sacrifices required to keep going towards our goal just are too much. Yeah. I think most people get to that point rather than actually getting to what they consider their overall goal. Mm. Like a client like I know who's small, 65 kilos. So they said to her, the, the, obviously she's got a particular weight in mind. And I said, but obviously the, you're small anyway. And the further you've got to get, the harder it's going to be, the more you've got to sacrifice and the, and the more issues you're likely to encounter. 
just said it's up to you how far you go and you will find that they go yeah I'm not willing to sacrifice that part just to get an extra two or three kilos off yeah and I don't, I don't, I don't even see. It. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think people then get some actual good perspective or real perspective in terms of actually, I'm not, I'm not, I'm content. I'm not unhappy with my body. I'm not unhappy with my physique. I'm not unhappy with my habits and stuff. And actually, the lifestyle that I'd have to kind of that I'm comfortable with at the moment, I would, I don't want to give that up to push it a little bit further because I don't see the reward any longer in terms of that extra. You know, might like you say only be a few extra kilos or a couple extra kilos. Of what they thought might be that was their end goal, that 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 sacrifice they'd have to make to go that extra further for that in air quotes reward just isn't worth it. And I think most people is that's where most people end their journeys, or most people get to a point where they they no longer want to push towards that goal because of that reason, not because they actually get to their goal. Or a lot of people anyway. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But and if they find it easy to maintain a particular weight, you no know, much much lower than they were originally, then that's not to say they can't find the the over the willpower. And that doesn't mean they can't change your mind if actually I'm going to all in 12 weeks. I am willing to sacrifice a bit more for 12 weeks just to get a bit leaner. Because then they start from an easier place and they don't have to do such extreme things to get good results over the 12 weeks. Yeah. So they never need to do it, but they can do it if it needs to be in the future, if they are a particular goal. Mm. I think also, like, if they can work on those long-term consistent almost maintenance behaviors and just stay where they roughly whereabouts they are now and then they decide they want to make a bit of an, another run for a weight loss goal a bit further in the future at that point it'll probably be a lot easier because obviously yeah. that consistent maintenance behaviors has not only improved their well their level of consistency they might have lost a lot of kind of diet fatigue or kind of some of the more negative adaptations you see when someone diets for long periods of time so it's kind of like a bit of a rest as well in terms of just giving up the kind of the, the goal of further weight loss but actually maintaining and practicing those those consistent behaviors does that that actually might just be the the, the rest or the kind of the, the break they need to then be able to push on further at a future date and whether they find it a lot easier and those sacrifices might not be anywhere near as high in terms of cost as they are right now yeah um i think hopefully people listening that they realize that they don't have to survive christmas is is annoying i mean it'd be interesting how many fit pros are still putting out surviving christmas type content it feels like so 2017 doesn't it johnny it does um so four years ago yeah so four years ago (coughs) might be last time we did (coughs) excuse me (laughs) we we have done surviving christmas before haven't we but i guess we've we've uh our, our views have changed slightly since i guess then but I mean, there's nothing wrong with surviving Christmas, don't be wrong. Like, people want to kind of learn about how I can minimise the consumption of, you know, calories over the Christmas period and, and work on behaviours and habits that work in the, for the long term. Great. I guess like my view is it's a bit naive, perhaps, to think that being overly restrictive or kind of working on this a lot of this stuff is actually helpful in the long run and actually aligns with happiness because... Christmas is to there to be enjoyed, but in the same breath, I would like to probably say as well, Christmas isn't all about food. Um, this the, the point Amy made that could actually be taken on a different lens around it being like the, the food stuff being experienced. Christmas itself is an experience. Isn't Christmas isn't food? Christmas is about Christmas, if that makes sense. So, 
know it doesn't don't make the whole experience about food because obviously that's where a lot of the problems are for people and that's also another reason why i say don't diet through december because you will then make christmas all about the food because mm. you, that's what you've done by default by dieting all the way through and restricting food all the way through so you'll do your you do your 10,000 calorie challenge on christmas day and boxing day and probably then what's what's the term betwixtmas is it the period between christmas and new year i think it's what's called isn't it but anyway whatever that's called um That'll just be like, oh yeah, I'll start again after New Year's, and then do your New Year's Day. Oh yeah, I'm hungover, so all right, I'll do it tomorrow. And then it'll be well, the first day in the office is back on the fourth, so I'll do it on the fourth. Oh, I just need one more week. Next, thing you know, it's like seven weeks later before you started. Um, or, or your your kind of like Christmas period is about seven weeks long. That's where you will be a stone heavier. Mm. Quite easily. So, whereas if you're mindful throughout, you might be a few pound heavier because you've actually just by being mindful. You've eaten less than you thought. You've, it's taken less to be satisfied. It's taken less to be happy and content. So when I eat Christmas dinner, because you have about two o'clock, three o'clock, so you have a, a it's fairly big dinner there. You have some dessert after, and maybe like a sandwich in the evening. I'm and I'm a I used to be a big eater. I can, I can eat a lot now, but I physically do not need to eat until a late afternoon the next day. Yeah. I like think I've done it before, and I would be forced myself to eat. Yeah, but the, the the sorry mate, I just I cut you off. But the problem is, is I guess like a lot of people will still only do that. But if they're not mindful in air quotes, they'll also be tucking into the celebrations midway between meals, and they'll be you know eating this between then and whatever. And obviously that's where the, all the additional calories comes from. Yeah, it's the easy stuff. The little the pickies, the handful of the, the nuts, the raisins, the honey roasted cashews. Although they are lethal, anything like honey roasted or a mixture of like fruit nut chocolate that type of mix just outrageously yeah. lethal yeah yeah lovely lovely foods yeah they are they uh they are the things that hijack all of our reward systems yep. last year and tesco's haven't done it this year but last year tesco's had a uh, a mix and it was something like fruit it's like peanuts i don't know if it had fruit actually it's peanuts like mocha flavored like chocolate discs like buttons um it had some sort of chocolate covered like macadamia or something uh pretzel bits what else did it have fudge i think like maple fudge or something and obviously there's just mixture of sweet savory crunchy chocolatey like even the mocha flavor i think it had like little malt balls in it as well actually all of that together was like oh my god it's the fucking best thing i've ever eaten and again you know you talk about danger foods they're the dangerous things where you open up try a handful and you're like oh my god Put it back in the cupboard, and every time you go to the cupboard, another handful. And next, you know, you've eaten the whole bag in a day. That is mindless eating. That is mindless eating. Yeah, that's why. Come, sorry. Very nice. It is very nice. But anyway, on that note, we've probably done an hour now, mate. So hopefully, um, well, I enjoyed chatting to you. Don't care if people liked it or not. So yeah, don't like it. Don't listen. Don't listen. But my husband got this far. They probably do like it. Yeah. And please listen anyway, because you know, we want to. Please like us. We want you to like us. Please. I'll cry. We will cry if you don't like us. I'll cry. I'll we'll... put you on Santa's naughty list. Yeah. I will cry myself to sleep tonight if nobody listens to this. Well. No one. We would, we, well, yeah. Let's hope people do. Um, right. On that note, uh, Felice Nevada, aren't they? Hey, cheese. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week.